Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Throllers. I'm joined, as always, with Chris Ronalds. How are you doing, Chris? I'm brilliant, Alan. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, episode 27, here we go. Nice. It's been a busy day for you in the podcast world. You're coming off fresh from an interview from uh, the tee-off. Wow, we're getting too big for our boots here, Alan. Got the guest appearing now on other podcasts so they can boost their stats. Um yeah, yeah, got uh, got the internet call up by Timmy and Patty. It was uh, good to get on their pod and have a bit of a chat. Yeah, long time coming. I would have thought we're uh, we're overdue for this. Yes, no, a hundred percent. You know, I, the numbers don't lie. Like they had to come calling eventually, but um, no, it was good. It, it, it was good to get on there. It was weird to be on the other side of the uh, the questions for a change. I think I yeah. I, I, I struggled a bit. Um, yeah, I definitely f- uh, fumbled some of my words, no doubt. Got a bit of that pressure. Yeah. Yeah, well, they would have called me, but I don't have any kids, so I guess I'm not allowed to be on the tee-off. I think it's a I think it's a dad's-only thing that, that they're running over there. I think it is a bit of a dad-only podcast, yes. <laughs> so that's all right. I can let that one slip. Um, all right, before we jump into any of local action, and we've got plenty of it, we... Surely can't go past uh, Matty O winning his first ever um, like national tour elite series tournament. MVP champion. How good. How it's good. So good. Uh, what's it's He's been playing for like in the pros for like 15 odd years, right? No, tw- plus 20. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Plus 20. Um, yeah, I've got some stats up here. So 7,413 days from his first elite start to his first elite victory. Nearly 7,500 days. <laughs> That's so crazy that he just still kept that perseverance up. Yeah. Now, we obviously mentioned it a couple of weeks ago uh, at Worlds. He obviously podiumed at Worlds, and it was 18 years since he'd last podiumed at Worlds. Um but yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Do you think you'd still have the drive if you podiumed at World 18 years ago and then like 18 years on, you still haven't won a tournament? Do you just, do you pull the pin or do you keep going? Apparently, uh, roll tide, you keep on going. <laughs> you just keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> nice. No, that was very cool. It was great to see that. And um, yeah, no one, no one was upset about that. Everyone was stoked, just especially when it was inevitable like <laughs> they're sitting there talking about getting aces and eagles and stuff on the way home you're just like just shut up yeah it was um yeah crazy the biggest i think it's biggest uh chase card win since 2018 it matched paul Macbeth at another event i heard today um yeah to win by four or five strokes from chase card but yeah he just kind of sewed it up early um yeah i was up early with theo and um pretty much got to watch his like last 10 holes. And at that stage, Gossage was the front runner. He was up by two or three strokes when I turned it on. Um, but yeah, Maddie just put like seven or eight in a row together and just hit putt after putt after putt. And he just, um, yeah, looked unstoppable. It was so good to watch. Yeah, the putts were huge. I think uh, I remember catching the one on 17 where oh. he was kind of far out and down like death sort of part and he's like nah like i'm like i'm missing i've just hit six in a row like you think i'm gonna miss his pipe yeah i think i'd I'd love to know but like the talk afterwards was that there was hardly any phone reception up there and so he didn't really know how many strokes he had to play with so like he just kept the pedal to the floor like and obviously in the end he you know was able to chip up take a par on 18 and still win by four strokes but I wonder if he, you know, he right, that was an absolute death part on 17. And it was I just straight away, he looked like he was lining it up. And watching from live, you were like, you've got so many strokes. And <laughs> the, the lead card is shit in the bed. Like, they're throwing OB, like, constantly. You don't need to hit this part. And then, bang, he just hits it. It was just huge. Yeah, nah, very cool. And, yeah, you'd hate to see him go down like that because of some phone reception. So, yeah, um, nah, worked out worked out very well. So, Ricky well Weissel. Uh, Ricky Watsocki put a post up on Facebook. Um, your favorite player's favorite player. And, uh, <laughs> and I uh, stole that, put it up on our socials because 
yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, no one begrudged him. Everyone's just hyped for the man. So good. No, very nice. Very nice. All right, we'll turn our uh, attention back closer to home and uh, check in on the social day on the weekend out at Ruffy Lake where we yeah. both made it out. We did. We did the warm-up for Street League. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, is that how you were treating it? Because I uh, feel like I definitely uh, I was after looking at my scores. <laughs> yeah, well, like, mate, I'm just about sick of seeing my name down there. So, um, yeah, let's just put it down to that. Let's chalk it up as treating it as a warm-up again. I just can't get going at the moment. Yeah, a bit of uh, yeah, a bit of a strange one by you. I was on your card and it just you couldn't do anything right. <laughs> um, I was doing okay, but I hit a lot of trees and just wasn't getting any momentum. But um, yeah, someone who got plenty of momentum was uh, no surprise, Ryan Deer. Another league they win again. Yeah, it just seems like it's every single time he shows up. Now he gets the social victory. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, gun. Um, and he did that. He played, um, the later round with us, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. And it was a bit more wind, I think in the Arbo round. So neg nine's a very good score. Yeah. Mikey hair played in the morning, shot minus eight, much less wind. Like I got there early and there's just no denying it. There was just no wind for the eight o'clock tee off players. Um, and then just as we're about to tee off, just as it got to 10 30, it just started whipping around uh, and if you look at my scorecard you might have think a tornado came through and <laughs> um yeah but didn't slow down ryan at all Nah, exactly uh but absolutely nobody got by without a uh a bogey oh i'm lying uh who's that brett zebel shot a clean two down Get around him. But, uh, yeah, he's the only one who managed to get away with, without a bogey because the wind was just doing plenty out there. And, um, yeah, it was hard to control. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as you mentioned, Mikey Hare put the hot round in the morning, eight down, which was good. And um, Penn, who was uh, a bit hobbled on the day, uh, he managed to match it. He was on our card and he was doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he's, uh, we'll get to your, uh, the thrower's non-rotational later, but he's got to be, he's in some form, that, that pen. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, Honeyman with a hot round and uh, Matty Faz coming in with a very, very tidy negative seven. That's a, that's a little nice performance he's put himself with there. Uh, it's got me covered by a bunch. <laughs> No, exactly. Well, what are you down on even? Oof. Not ideal, mate. Yeah, well, I was plus six uh, through nine, so um, yeah. I, I was actually happy happy to get back to scratch in the end. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't wasn't my best round. No, fair, uh, fair fight back for you, I guess, just to uh, get it back to even. So we'll give you that. Uh, and uh, Ben Hare ended up taking out the uh, handicap. Just the head of uh, of Mikey. Yeah, are these two related? Are Ben and is the, are they brothers? Well, who's who's Ben? Um, I think oh, he messaged me about it before. I think it's his old man. Okay. Yeah, uh, don't quote me on that. But yeah, it's de- they're definitely related. They're both playing the nomination this weekend, and they pay together. Um, but in my in my head, it's uh, it's his old man. Okay, so um, yeah, cool to see him out there. But you go bang bang on the. Uh, on the handicap leaderboard is is very good. Fire. Uh, so in between the social day and the start of the street league, we had a chat with Narada because he has a very interesting idea about bag tax. So should we have a listen to that chat? We definitely should. Uh, how you doing, Narada? How was your uh, social day? Social day is good as always. You know, I've been getting around a fair bit lately, so fucking... Loving it. Loving Next the six. social day, loving the competition. Next six. Got, yeah. me, got me by six strokes. <laughs> Seven, brother. You shot one over. Nah, not yeah. even. Oh, I did you on the yeah. last one. Right, not right. over. Not over. <laughs> yeah, I'll say don't bring that shit into the next round. <laughs> nah, I love it. Yeah, well, you mentioned you've been playing a lot. Um, you've gone from playing just with some mates and you had a little clicker to keep your score. And now uh, you don't have a PSJ number yet, but you've been doing everything else. Tawny, social days, street league. What's going on? 
Um, well, with the PDGA number, I don't even know how to say it. Um, uh, it's become like, I guess, a stance now. It's like, I just don't want to get one because it's getting so much talk. Uh, I did actually jump on the site to try to get one the other week, but I didn't know how to organize it. Fair enough. So, and I'm playing a lot more recently because um, we had a little group in a signal chat that we all used to get around and play lots of rounds. But one by one, they just fell off. So I really enjoy the competition and getting out here. And plus, the community is just a fucking standout community, you know? That's it. And, Elite. Uh, Elite. Yeah, love hanging out with everyone. So that's what's got me more involved. And yeah, being such a busy person, um, it's nice to just be out in nature, hey, and just like enjoy my time playing around, man. I fucking love it. Nice. All right, well, uh, the main reason we got you here is you have a pretty good idea for the bag tags. You want to you shuffle up how the bag tags are. Um, I was in, very intrigued by it, but uh, what, what's your idea? All right, well, and this is one for the viewers as well. So if you have any ideas on it, get back to these heads. So you guys got socials, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. do. Um, so instead of getting a number next year, we should all get player cards. So it has a picture of us, what our rating was at the start of the year. And then at the end of a round, instead of trading numbers, you can potentially trade cards if you win it. So I guess like with that, you know, example, no one gets their own card to start off with. So if I've got you, Chris, to start off with, or I want your card, and Alan's got your card, I beat him, which is probably not going to happen. Did but today, it, <laughs> today, quite comfortably. But if it does happen, and I've got Kyle or something like that, I'm straight swapping out because I want Chris's card. Um, so yeah, innovative idea, and I think it's going to add a bit more fun to the bag tag comp because if you win and you got a high number, you got nothing to play for really. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. I definitely yeah. don't mind that because you could have you know a card you like and you've played well, but yeah, you're in another group, you win because you want that card. Yeah. So no, that's that's good. And then you could lose, but end up with a better card. Like, or a better person that you liked anyway. Exactly, so. yeah. What's your thoughts? Uh, the social side of things, I love. Like, I imagine, like, jagging Alan's card and then just, like, putting up a naked photo with me and his card. Yeah. Protecting the private parts. Yeah, and like, you, come get it, son. Yeah, you can deface <laughs> it. <laughs> come get it, son. Uh, nah, I like it. A bit of spice. Yeah. yeah, that's good. We might have to look into that. Maybe we'll look into how much it costs to make cards. The dollars can just make cards and sell them for five bucks a pop or something. Yeah, we, and, and then we can do our sick little thing on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. actually a great idea as well. Maybe have we'll the throwers on the back that but i think it's just about adding some dynamism to the game do you know what i mean and making it just more interesting and exciting we all fucking love competition we all love hanging out and the idea of sport is like creating something out of nothing making a big deal about it walking away shaking hands and fucking enjoying enjoying a laugh together. i like it i like it a lot. let us know listen this, let us know true. yeah let, let us, us know your thoughts watch this space uh, all right right quick before we let you go we're about to play the uh, match play yep. who is your lock they will definitely win this match up coming up I'm going for Lazarus himself. I thought he was dead, but he keeps coming back. Uh, Kyle Turbo Herbertson over um, David Gannon. Spicy. And I, and I actually fucking love David Gannon. I saw him putting really good. But, um, yeah, I just I, I rate Kyle as well. Yeah, so nice. Kyle's my, my shoe-in. Cool. Okay. All right, sounds There you go, guys. There's Narada with his idea out of the box about bag tags. I think... I think there's a bit to that, um, and it's worth exploring. Like I said, I'd love to get me uh, hands on Alan's tag. So, uh, listeners, as we said during the chat, let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, I'm really keen to get your thoughts on this, and uh, if there's a bit of momentum, we'll uh, throwers might make it happen. We might even, you know, get our logo on the back of these cards. So, let us know, listeners. Um, as you know, we uh, take on board everything that you have to say. So, uh, tell us what you think. Yeah, it could be cool. Like, uh, and it, might, it might not even necessarily have to be a picture of yourself, like just an image that you like or something. Um, yeah, definitely give us your feedback and uh, tell, us, tell us what you think. Please do. And uh, it would be remiss. We said it in the chat, but um, a nod of the head has to go to Narada's minus six as well. Good golf. Yep. Yeah, now playing well. Uh, which I was getting excited for because uh, we're just about, to, uh, he's my teammate, our teammate. And we're just about to roll into a uh, a big matchup against the the hot hot Warriors. So um, he had a he had a tip for us. So we may as well check in on the the tip first. Uh, he said that his absolute lock was uh, what Kyle to beat um, Dave Gannon. You believe so. And, uh, oh boy, was he right. <laughs> oh boy, was he right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I must admit when he first said it, I was, uh, 
I was thinking, oh, are you sure about that one? The other day he's been playing pretty well of late. But, uh, yeah, it all came crashing down <laughs> for Dave, I think, on the weekend. Um, what was the what was five, the final five, score in the end? Five up, four to play. Five up, four to play. Convincing. So, uh, I think that was the biggest win of the weekend. So, well done, Narada, for, for tipping that one. Yeah. Good get. <laughs> but, um, yeah, having a look at... At our matchup against the the head wobblers in the uh, the Warriors, missing a few on the top and just show that they got no depth. That they're just not a team that is serious. Is, is what <laughs> is what I'm looking at. Sure. Uh, Four two loss. Correct. Uh, uh, Narada really let the team down there after a hot round, getting rolled by uh, by their captain, Mitch Evers. Yes. And. Uh, Jono, after getting a pretty good shout out by me last week, just gets touched up by my old man. Yes, so, uh, that was a very, very good, good battle though. They were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So that was uh, that was a good one to watch, uh, which we could do because our group did the live scoring. Correct, we did, and we uh, got to see those scores unfold. <laughs> exactly, uh, and then you handled Joel. What happened there? Uh, yeah, we got off to a shaky start. Obviously, I was not going into the round with much confidence after uh, SD ruggling in the morning. But, um, you know, I went, I've, I've obviously had the wood over Joel recently, so I still wanted to get it done. And four holes in, I was four holes up, and I thought, here we go. Um, but, yeah, Joel um, started charging, and it was um, a birdie fest. Other than, other than the last hole uh, – sorry, other than the first hole – the only way to win a hole was with a birdie. There, we no one was getting away with winning holes with a par. And Joel was parking some, I was parking some, and in the end, it kind of came down the stretch. And um, yeah, got it done eventually on hole sixteen or seventeen. Two up, one to play. Very nice. Uh, and then our captain Barnett, he was just too strong from Jess from the start. I think uh, he was on your card, right? Yeah. Uh, well, Jess was in the morning. Uh, oh no, so that. My bad. They were for the street league and gun can play, can play. But Sam just again was also up early and just held Jess at bay. Um, but it, that was a cool battle, really cool battle. And Jess impressed me a bunch with some of his shots. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've never played with Jess. So, um, yeah, look forward to seeing him up close sometime. Uh, my matchup, I had myself and uh, Brett Zebel playing alt shot doubles, and we came up against uh, Martin Go and a late call up fill in in uh, Anthony Majin, who I had tipped for uh, the social day tipping, which uh, we'll have to get back to that. We will. Um, and yeah, we had a pretty handy lead early as well, and then it got a little squirrely in the middle, but uh, ended up holding up with two up with. One to play. The old shot format is just, it's really hard to get any momentum. So um, there was only one real stretch, I think, where either team had any momentum. And I think there was just two, there was probably like three or four holes in a row where I uh, just worked out that I was laced the drive and then Brett had a tap in and then I laced the next drive and Brett had a tap in. And um, it was looking pretty good. But other than that, yeah, it was just, it's very hard, very hard to get any real good momentum. So, um, but that's a you know it's a good true test of of what depth you've got, so we'll see uh, we'll see how it evolves going forward. But uh, yeah, nice easy win for us. I'll just I'll just call it that. Undefeated, <laughs> undefeated. Nice work, nice work. And then uh, the other doubles pairing, um, Jason Weidner and Tim Ware got it done over Alex Evans and Tim Stevenson. Yep, another one that was uh, quite close. Yeah, uh, they were just doing a lot of pushes, really. Uh, and then, yeah, we got one kind of late, and then um, Timmy Way hit an excellent putt on the 17th to just put it out of doubt. So that was a nice one. Did did enjoy that. Uh, yeah, four to two. Two bad uh, Warriors. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, what about the other matchup? The, uh, the Swipe Rights. They... Yeah. Keep their winning ways going. Yeah, so early front runners uh, for sure. They definitely got their chip lead early. Um, 
Yeah. Um, victories went the way you kind of expect them to go down the board. You've got, you know, Penn Lu just sits in such a nice slot there. He's 864 rated up against Cashman 860, but just a shellacking because as we saw in the morning, uh, Penn is not playing 860 golf. He is, no. He's playing above 960 golf comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eight down or up is not 860 golf. Yeah. Uh, so Cashman was up against there, no doubt. Uh, there was an upset on this across the ditch here. Uh, a pretty big one, I would uh, argue. So Chris Scott and Matty Meltdown himself got it done over Brian Deer and James Honeyman. It's the worst loss we've seen so far in the season. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the uh, alt shot as well. And that is just... That is as lopsided as it gets, I think. Um, not to disparage, like, you know, obviously Chris Scott's very good and Matty on his day when he, you know, he, he was good in the round. But, yeah, you just think Ryan Deere just got class above both of them and him alone should be enough. And yeah. uh, Honey played well in the morning too. So I am very surprised in that one. Yeah, that's what, like, I would say that they're both those players, Ryan and Honey's PDGA rating is probably not, equivalent to their ability. And I'm sure if you looked up both of their metrics ratings, that would be backed up. Like yeah, Ryan Deere is sure. not 930 metrics and James Honey is not 880 metrics. No way. So they might look even to look at, but it ain't even. Like those two should have got it done and didn't. No, they did not. And that was, uh, yeah, that was the difference basically. Because uh, we had it all squared in the other doubles matchup. Uh, another late call-up mercenary in Taron with uh, Peter Barry and um, Brett Bobridge and Lowe. Uh, Taron Bobblehead himself, he was he was up and about after his uh, 8 o'clock morning round. I think he shot a minus six as well. Um, and I think he loved the match play. Bumped into him a couple of times throughout the laps um, and he was loving it. So won't be surprised to see that mercenary out and about a few more times. <laughs> Not at all. But I will say there is a fair bit of controversy in his selection in my eyes. Okay. So do you know who he replaced? Uh, was it Kiwi? No, it was Ash Wiedner. Okay. Uh, and I would say that there is a very large ratings gap difference between... Ash Weedner, who was selected to play, and Taron, who was brought in as a mercenary. So I don't think there's any rules in place at the moment for, uh, for you know, stepping in in, in sort of in rating quality. Yep. Uh, and it hasn't really been a factor because so far, you know, most of the people that haven't been able to make it have been the top-end guys. But, um, yeah, that's, a, that's one to watch, I think, because that could have caused the, you know, a switch in results. If Taron doesn't step in, then I, I dare say that's not a squared result. And uh, Brett and Lowe might take that, and then we, all of a sudden we've got a 3-3 situation. Well spotted by you. Uh, we'll have to mm. keep an eye on that. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just, just one sneaky one to keep an eye on. Yes. Maybe for season two there might have to be a bit more of a uh, a hard and fast rule. But... It is hard, you know, when we're just trying to find anyone <laughs> to play. Like, Tony just happened to be there and got a gig. But, um, yeah, definitely definitely want to keep an eye out. So, uh, you sent me an updated stat pendo spreadsheet. What so, was on that? That uh, uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so here for it. Yeah, so thanks again. has to go out to our uh, latest sponsor in stat pendo. And he, he's coming with the goods again. We're going to, going to get a bit deeper into his stats. Um, so he's got a win quality statistic going, and he's also got a single dominance statistic going. Now, just like PDGA keep their rating calculation secret, I'm going to keep his calculation secret as well, but I'm just going to reel off some uh, stats here for you. Um, Chris Scott is doing really well with his win quality at the moment at 103. Jace Wiedner is topping that board 
at 113.5 win quality at the moment as uh, over the two weeks. Um, and Bates, for the people who uh, aren't fully familiar, basically, uh, if if it's about 100, then they're even matchups, and anything over, then uh, you're doing good work. You're you're beating people that should be beating you, and anything under just means that you're probably just beating the people you should beat. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's the gist of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you can keep it in the 90s as well, 90s or above, you know, you're winning good matchups. If if it's lower than that, you know, you're winning matches, matchups you should win. So win quality, not only are these guys winning, but it's against quality opponents. Yourself, Bundy, Darren Stay smith and Jace Wienar are off to a great start, according to StatPendo. Yeah, well, I think we're the only uh, people that have played two matchups and have had two victories. There you go. Um, David versus Goliath stat coming in from Statpendo. Low with two rounds, zero win percentage, but win quality 49, being rewarded for taking on strong opponents. So Lowe's had to step up up, up against some big dogs, uh, and the stats are back to support him there. Jace Weedner with two rounds, 100% wins, uh, win quality 113.5, above and beyond against the stronger opponents, or at Penn poses this question, not me. Is he just being carried by his doubles partner? Uh, <laughs> or is he the one doing the carrying? We'll have to wait for a few more street leagues to play out. He's just the heart and soul. He's the heart and soul of that doubles right there. So that's all it is. Um, all right. Wooded Spoon. Unfortunately, Narada G and Alex Evans with two bad round results. It's still early. But a third loss to an even matchup or lower would be devastating for Narada and Alex. Yeah, and I'm I'm throwing Ryan Deer in that as well. Two with two matches, zero wins. He yeah. did have the draw, um, but yeah, two and zero. I'm not I'm not liking what I'm seeing for what is someone's number one pick. Good spot. Good spot. Um, and he um, is just highlighted again. Obviously, what we're tracking is you know, other favorites winning. And this is how it looked in round two out of the 12 matches, seven were won by the favorites, two were won by the underdogs and two were pretty much evenly matched um, with one draw. But he wants to point out that that's basically a win to the underdogs for round two. Yeah. No, very nice. I'm, I'm loving the stats. I can't wait to uh, keep going on. I cannot believe how fast, uh, the list of undefeated people dropped down to three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, the well, last... not quite because, you know, you came in and you've got one win and Chris yeah. Scott's got one match and one win. But I mean, yeah, for the people who've played two, I can't believe how fast they, they were dropping off. Correct. Well spotted. And the last stat, uh, stat Pendo would like us to throw in is um, Dad's basically shouting out one, one V one me, bro. So, Two rounds, two convincing single wins. Um, Daz, obviously the godfather of the competition. Off to a good start, as mentioned earlier. No, very nice. Beautiful. All right, well, one thing that um, we touched on when we're talking about the Street League stuff was the tipping that we did last week for the social days. Um, I don't have the full leaderboard in front of me because I kind of forgot about it. But uh, I think you and I ended up actually with a dead draw. Yes, I do I have think... the full leaderboard in front oh, of me. Oh, there you go. Let's go through it. All right. So um, Ash B uh, tipped Peter Chu and my Jeff, Jeff Cott and they finished plus two. You had uh, David Gannon tipping Narada and Mike Williams. They finished plus one combined. Then you've got yourself and myself with our tips. We both finished dead even. Both our pairings finished dead even. Um, Kyle from Park Media tipped yourself and Hugo, and they finished minus one. With two holes to play, I was staring down uh, like a five-meter or a four-meter birdie putt, and I knew that there was really nothing on the line for me here. And, oh, boy, was I having deep, deep thoughts about just blowing that putt just so that Kyle wouldn't beat me. <laughs> but I did the right thing. I canned it. 
Well done, well done. But uh, getting it done over all of us, it was pretty convincing in the way, uh, in the end. Three strokes over Kyle was uh, Alex Evans tipping Alex Ritchie and Peter Chu, who came in at a combined negative four. Yeah, bang. That was good. Very good get by him. I for sure thought it was going to be Kyle, but then I didn't play very well. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, great tipping by Alex. And uh, as a, a prize... We reached out to him and told him that he can t- he can uh, select his own card mates for round one of the Thrallers non-ventational. Awesome prize. Yeah, and uh, he, he had a look and he found some people that he's never played with before. And he's uh, a nice guy that he is. He says, well, I would like to play with some new people that I've never, never played for. So, um, yeah, very nice. So whoever's going to be on uh, Alex's card, just know that you were hand-selected by the man himself. Yeah, that's cool. Sweet touch. Mm. Uh, so, speaking of the non-invitational, I think we've got it sewed up now. There's one spot free, but I don't think it's going to get filled. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Uh, I think we've got the divisions nice and set now, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, MPO's come in now with only eight players. Because uh, we had a couple little stragglers, and I just yeah just just thought it might be better to have the eight actual pro players going against each other. Um, who is your tip? Who's who's coming out of MPO victorious? All right, notable mentions um, have to go to Darren Stay Smith, mm-hmm. Tim Bowen. Um, he's having a stellar year. His rating is one of his highest peaked ever rating. But I'm gonna just lay it down and say Leo's getting it done this weekend. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh I think it's Tim Bohan. He just wins so many tournaments. He wins all the time. So, um and what he said that he was gonna go do a quick walkthrough on what, Tuesday? During the week, yeah. Yeah, so that means that he's got ten rounds under his belt now. Yeah. And he knows that course back to front, inside out. And uh, luckily for him, there's a lot of flex forehand holes. There is. Um, yeah, I think it's his. I nah. think it'll end up being a couple stroke victory. Safe tip, safe tip. But um, yeah, no, nah, I'm going for Leo. Nice, I like that. And just a little bit of shade on the back end there for me. <laughs> <laughs> safe tip. Uh, and now, so that ended up pushing the uh, MA1 field a bit. So we've got 11 in the... Uh, MA1 field, headlined with uh, the highest rated in uh, Brendan Venton. But uh, I'm not quite sure he gets it done. Yeah, who are you going for I, here? Who are you going for MA1? Uh, I think it's Chris Scott. Oh. I, think that's, I think that's where my money's going on. Uh, Chris Scott. I could definitely... It's so tough. I, I could definitely see Oscar popping off. Um, and then even Cranny, John Cranston, he... He's a jet. Like he's, I think he's a lot better than his rating. So I can see him having a, a great round. But I just, yeah, I just feel like uh, the man in black, Chris Scott, is going to get it done. All right, cool. The man that wears pink socks. Um, yeah. Myself, I've been tossing and turning on the MA1. The, the divisions are so hotly contested. It's going to be really cool. But um, for me, it's a toss of the coin between Parrish and Felberg. Um, you mentioned before that the sidearm lines, Oscar loves a sidearm. Parrish, if he's whole, if his body's in good shape, also uh, doesn't mind a sidearm. I'm going to go after his domination over Jacob all weekend. I'm actually going to go with Oscar. Nice. No, like they're, they're, they're good calls and Parrish is in some very good form. Uh, coming off, a, yeah, coming off a win in Ballarat and then a very good round in uh, Bendigo. Um, all right, MA2. So we ended up with nine players in MA2. And I just don't... I don't think this will be a contest, unfortunately. Um, yeah, you mentioned Penn. just been way too good. And, uh, it's like, yeah, don't want to move him up a division because yeah, sort of who do we bring down? And he really is rated a lot lower than everyone else in the, in the next highest division, but... Man, the kid can play this golf. He can. He can. He hasn't, but, you know, the reason he's 864 rated is because 
you know, this is the question will be asked if he doesn't get it done. Does he have the PDGA yips? Because he's eight six four for a reason. Yeah, no, it's very true. But very, very but true. But I'm not who, looking past him. I'm not looking past who, him. Who would you have? Who would you look past if you had to? Who Who do you think's uh, fighting for second then? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It is tough. But you know, buckets buckets play good on the weekend. He her, did, her, which means he's definitely not going to play well next weekend. Kyle, Kyle's <laughs> obviously smashed Gannon. Um, you know, I don't even think you know Doug and Jeff will play smart and solid. It's a sort of track they can get around. And you know, Jeff's coming second. Jeff's yeah. coming second. Um, Picanti Beans, he's also better than an eight fifty seven golfer. Um, it's a cool division, but I think I see Penn Peter Chu. Yeah, to choose right there as well. Yeah, no, I think that one's going to be a very fun one to watch. Yeah. Uh, and the next one too, I like. I I think there's going to be a lot of chops and changes in our final division. Uh, Brett Bobridge is the the ratings leader, but who have you got coming out victorious? Nah, pick your poison. This one's like write your own odds. At the, yeah. this, this last division, literally, write your own odds, pick your winner. How many? How much do you want it to pay? And I'll, I'll honor it. Like, um, <laughs> it's un, untippable. This division. Well, I'm gonna go with a tip anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Emma Winkworth. I think she she pulls it out. That'd be huge. I was tossing up between her and Peter Barry. I think he's due for a little pop off, but I think Emma's gonna do it. That'd be huge. Hope she does. Yeah. Nah, for sure. Um, yeah, I can't wait. It's looking like it's going to be uh, a lot of fun and uh, the weather's looking great. So, um, yeah, super excited for Saturday. Can't believe it's finally coming up. We talked about this forever ago as like a half idea and now it's actually a thing. So, Yeah, pumped, pumped, pumped to pay for some competitive disc golf. I was saying, obviously I was on the tee off earlier and, you know, they're like, how are you going to go? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to play shit disc golf, but just, <laughs> just pumped to be out there. Nah, Exactly. All right, so uh, last week we teased about the Throllers 3. And I'm um, hoping it got into some people's minds. I had a bit of a more of a deep dive, and there's not that many people that fell into the ratings band, as I might have thought. Not as many, not many at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we might have to, yeah, we'll have to pick another ratings band to, uh, to look at for, for a couple weeks' time. Yeah. But um, some notable names that pop out in the 870 to uh, 899. We've got uh, Anthony Majin, who's the the mercenary that popped up. Um, Paul Arden, who, yeah, been kicking around forever. He still gets a bit gold. Taron Anderson. Uh, Lachlan McKenzie. Uh, Martin Goh. Matty Faz. Lewis Penhole. Alistair Don, Brett Zeeble, and uh, John Cranston, who is not a Melbourne guy, but he's, he's our guy. So I think he, he, he gets he gets to be part of this. Yeah, I mean, another name you didn't mention that uh, is not necessarily in my top three, no spoilers, but uh, definitely caught my eye as I was going through it is uh, none other than Farron Oil Tugwa. Oh, I definitely missed him. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, Big Faz. 896. So he, he slots in there nicely. Mm, no, I definitely missed that one. Um, I think for me, I've got, I've got a definite. Out of these, if I'm taking, I'm taking someone to win, I'm going John Cranston. Boom, top of my, he's top of my list as well. Mm, I think he's he's very very good. I think he's going to show that on the weekend. Uh, who else you got? Who, uh, who's in your three? Mine is uh, the latest recipient of a, a tasty ace that we failed to mention during the uh, Street League. Mine, number two, oh, yeah. is Tom Jankar. Oh, yeah. How did I miss him as well? Oh, yeah. Tom, yeah, nah, he's in. Jankar's in. There's no no debate about that, I think. Good, um, good. And, yeah, very nice ace at Street League. What was that? It was the first shot of the round. Yeah, hit their first hole. They started on hole three. Bang. <laughs> Amazing. Nah, good find by you. I missed him. Uh, definitely in. He, he's on his way up. He, he won't be under 900 for very long. No. Um, all right. Well, what's possible with thirds? Taron. Taron's been well over 900 rated multiple times. Um, poor, Look, Tony, I was, I was going to put, I was going to put Faz in there, but I, he's just come back from the States full of his hot takes and 
Um, I had a little look-see, played some league days while I was over there, and there was some 820 golf littered in there. So Ooh, he was we on, can't be doing that. Nah, he was on my list until I saw that. Um, I do have it my third, but I, I can't like happy to concede if you've got a better one. We uh, obviously rated him. Um, my third is Brett. Brett Zebel. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think head to head, I'm taking Lachlan McKenzie. Okay. Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's on his way up, and Bendigo Lachlan definitely had the chocolates. But um, yeah, I don't know. All right, Lockie's in. No, I'm Lockie's in. I'm happy All to right. con- I'm happy to concede that I haven't played with Lockie. So we got Johnny, Tom Jankar, and Lockie. There you go. The top three in that bracket currently for the Eagles. All right, and we're going to be keeping our eye out too. Too. So this is a ever evolving list of the Thrallers three. Yeah. Oh, I so, can't um, stress how important this weekend is for this three. Oh, of course. Then we could. Like, John could just be deleted if he comes up and shows some trash. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely be on, on your best this weekend. Yeah. All right, so what should our next ratings band be? Or do we want to chuck that out next week? Um, what wanna, are we on the Yeah, on yeah the we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about it uh, more next week, but I'm keen to go lower. Lower and wider bracket. Like, okay. Um, you know, there's some golfers I want to talk about. Do we even go... Um, you know, the sub 800s. Um, yeah, the sub 800 is definitely a category. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a category of its own. So, um, all right, well, we'll yeah, we'll figure that out and we'll, uh, we'll come back next week and, uh, yeah, see what we can do. Speaking of weekends, um, we caught up with Jacob and they, him and Oscar had a sick weekend. I kind of alluded to it before. Uh, should we uh, splice in a chat here with Jacob? Yep, sounds like perfect timing. Uh, hey, Jacob, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm doing great, doing great. How you guys going? Oh, always doing well on uh, potty record night. Uh, so the reason we got you on is... Oh, sorry? I was just going to say, I'm half cut on a Wednesday night. I just got back from dinner. A few cocktails, a couple of glasses of wine. I'm feeling real good. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, well, the reason we got you on, Jacob, is because you and Oscar went on a pretty exciting-looking little disc golf adventure on the weekend, and uh, we want to hear about it. Yeah, no, it was it was sick. We went from Melbourne up via we went to Wangaratta was our first stop. The good old is a HP bar uh, hasn't changed. Actually, it has. There's a few trees down, but it's a good little course to to pitch around and there's some there's a few little challenging holes there have you guys played it no i don't think i have oh. no definitely haven't Chris? well no oh, mm. you guys live no. under a rock okay well, well uh, there's just so many courses now you know what i mean clearly yeah there is <laughs> um no, it's not it's not a hard course it's just um it's good fun a few trees every kind of shot shape you can imagine some really close ob's um yeah, just a nine-hole little thing. It's uh, good fun. But then we headed up to Dinner Plain. Dinner Plain, wow. I was expecting a pitch and putt, like a little short, like, I don't know, Stony Creek 2.0. No, mammoth. This thing is Sick. like you get this. It's one of those lured into false sense of security first hole. So you're just like, oh, yeah, it's a 60-meter straight shot. And then it just takes a turn and it's just like 110 meter par threes into a wall of snow gums that has to be a forehand down like a path that only one vehicle can fit down. It's, it's wild. (laughs) Wow. That sounds cool. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. There's even a hole that where you tee off from is closer to the basket than where you end up after your first shot because it does like a reverse dog leg. Like an eighty degree backwards dog leg. What? <laughs> so you basically have to go off in one direction and then return back a different, like pretty much next to yourself. Um, That's wild. Yeah, but um, was that the one with the uh, one hundred and forty four meter par three that um, Oscar overshot? Oh no! So that was that was Threadbow. Threadbow used to have a winter course and a summer course and now they're just keeping it on the winter course which is on a nine hole golf course up at Threadbow. 
I'd never played it. I'd only, only ever played the summer course a number of times, but it was sick. Such a, like, challenging, really challenging course. I mean, I think I Oscar shot maybe, like, plus two or something. I shot plus six. We did only have three discs, but um, still felt good. It was uh, very windy, yeah. So the 144-metre hole nine that he pretty much parked, it was ridiculous. Um, and then 18 was, I think it was a 194-metre par three. It was real dumb, real wow. dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you can really only access it with a forehand, which makes it even, like, I mean, Daz would get there. Um, but, yeah, Mammoth would recommend, definitely. Um, so, Just a lot of surprises in these courses. Like, didn't, yeah. Wangaratta, Dinner Plains, Threadboat, uh, any other courses on the trip? Yeah. The only other one that we played was Jindabyne by the water there. Have, have either of you played that one either? Also, I know. Oh, my God. You guys need to get out more. This is – this is. oh, man. Now I'm excited. Okay. Jind- <laughs> Jindabyne. Why do you think we got you on? This is 18-hole. <laughs> Jindabyne is this 18-hole little, like um, – I'm not going to – It's yeah, it's kind of a pitch and putt, but also kind of not. Like there's rock – like rock – situations where the basket's well up in a pile of rocks and you've got to get it up there and you can easily overshoot the whole thing. There's a lot of short par threes. It's quite a technical course. It's kind of like uh, Melton in a way or Chichester in WA. A um, lot of fun. You just burn through 18 holes over and over if you lived in the good old Jindy. Um, but, yeah, Oscar and I were playing uh, match play on every single course and the loser had to buy lunch on the final day. Sick. I did not win the first three matches, and unfortunately we could not play another four courses because four more courses did not exist, so therefore I was <laughs> the loser. <laughs> three down with one to play is uh, not a good uh, recipe for success. No, no, it wasn't It wasn't good. Um, turns out Oscar's good at disc golf, so... Uh, yeah, definitely. Doesn't help my case. Um, but no, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was sick. I would definitely, of those courses, like Dinner Plane, I, I'd seen it a bunch of times and I'd never stopped in just because I thought it would be a pitch and putt. And boy, I was wrong. Um, it's, yeah, definitely worth stopping in if you're going out that way. It's really tight, really challenging, um, but good fun, I would say. Really test your mm. skills. And, um, Threadbow is, oh, brutal. <laughs> give us some of the um, give us some of the bike stats. So how many how many k's was the triple together? How was being in the saddle for that long? Mm, so it was about I'm going to say thirteen hundred k's across three days. Um, so a lot of riding. Um, ass hurts a lot. You can really only do like two hours at the start of the day and then you're really chunking it down into one-hour blocks from there on out. Um, I blew like a one of my shock absorbers blew and there's still spewing oil everywhere from the trip, but worth it. It was great, great fun, great fun, and it was a glorious weekend um, out that way and we came back down the Barry Way, which is on the other side of the Alps, which is a beautiful drive. Um, another place to get to on your disc golf adventures. I definitely recommend the loop. Definitely the loop that we did. Yeah, for sure. Mm, maybe um, that could be uh, the next green jacket weekend. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. God, that's a big drive. Um, yeah. Yes. But big. But yes. <laughs> yes, but big. But there's a lot of courses in, in Jindabyne. Like, even we didn't even touch the surface. There's there's the Threadbow, there's Lake Krakenback just down the road, there's uh, an Adventist. Um, that's a sick course. I've played that before. But yeah, there's a few. Uh, Jindy's really a, a big place when it comes to the old disc golf. And one thing I was surprised by was every. Well, dinner plane was full of people going around, which I was kind of surprised by. Wow. Uh, Threadbow, there was a couple of people 
mainly because it was absolutely brutal. Um, but Jindabyne just littered with people, so many people. Hmm. Um, yeah, so lots of people out there. Yeah, it's there cool. That, yeah. Would so how far is uh, dinner plane from Melbourne? What are we talking if we want to get out there for a day or a weekend? Oh, I mean, you'd probably do a weekend. I think it's probably uh, – it was two and a half hours to Wang and then probably two hours to – so four and a half hours to get up there. Ooh, okay. That's why I'm not being. I'm going to Mount Gambia. <laughs> yep. And then when, where we went, we went down into Omeo and then up to Koryong, which involved about 120 k's of dirt road. So that slows it down even more. <laughs> and then you do 100 k's of windy, twisty road to get to Threadbow, which is quick on a motorbike but not quick in a car. <laughs> so all this uh disc golf practice are you prepared for the non-ventational this weekend oh no i am not it's um I'm, I'm gonna have to get out and practice some putting my putting has improved recently um but couldn't have got worse more, more putting practice is needed no could not have there was no other there was no way but up <laughs> it's um it was in disaster mode so What's the, what's the confidence levels in retaining the polecat? Oh, well, big boy Alan over there keeps absolutely crushing it. I think I think you're due for a, um, a meltdown, so I, I'm going to say 50-50. Ooh, spicy. I like that. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, uh, Jacob and I have a, uh, a little – side bet at every tournament we play. So whoever leaves with the better score also leaves with a champ polecat. Uh, very rare, very beautiful disc. And uh, it's currently in Jacob's possession by some fluke. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> well, you to those good recently. This, comp- <laughs> this competition's been going around a lot longer than uh, before polecats were cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been doing this for a few years now. <laughs> oh, very nice. All right, well, I hear that you maybe have some trivia for us. Yes, I do. I do. Excellent. I two questions. I'm going to try and keep a straight face as I ask these. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I did have to um, – No, the, okay, I've probably overhyped it. I'll just get into it. Okay, first question <laughs> – What's the worst rated course in Australia on UDISC? Ooh, worst rated. Um, Lewis Park. Mm, good guess. Jeez, um, no. is it in Victoria? Is it something we've played? It's something that I haven't played. It is in Victoria. And I went to I went around UDISC every single course in the country, and there are some shitty rated courses in this country. <laughs> but this one, it came up, and you know how usually it's like four point five green. This was red. Wow! <laughs> it was the only course that was red. Um, in Victoria. There's a, there's that one that's in like a school camp. Oh. <laughs> It's not the land. No, this this course has a few ratings. Um, it's not a it's not a complete um, locked off to the public course. If that helps. Um, uh, man, I'm very confused. It's not Shark Park because you've been down there. Not no, nah, that's that's good. <laughs> good, thing, uh, good. I, yeah. Um, no, don't know. Can't wrong. think of it. Oh, there's, there's that one. The one next to one um, next Ballarat. Dude, that's a that's a good one. I did I oh. did think it would be that one. It is not that one, mm. and I can almost guarantee that that is worse than the one that it actually is. <laughs> I don't know. I've got nothing. Any anything from you, uh, Chris? Uh, last one. My last guess is going to be no, because you said you haven't played it. Nah, I'm dead. Nah, don't know. Okay, it is Christian College in Geelong. Oh. Five out of five, big red. 
Not, <laughs> not rated good. Um, there you go. I completely forgot not, about that. I haven't heard anyone yeah, talk about their 30-meter ace in a while. No, <laughs> I mean, I've never played it, so I, I don't know. I just have never gotten around to it. I, I, I hear it. I have nothing, played it. So. The courses I listed, some of the courses I listed are worse than that. I've played Christian College. It's not bad. Oh, no doubt. This is what I mean. The one in Ballarat is terrible. The, the <laughs> small little one, uh, what is it, Windy Death Zone. I don't Christian know what it's College called. Yeah, I don't know. Is, <laughs> it's not good. Christian College is easily as good as Junction, easily as good as Junction. and They're identical just about. So I found two other courses in this country that were close. They were rated 2.7. Out of five, they were up uh, on in Newcastle area. Uh, but besides that, people get keen about their disc golf courses and pretty much always rate it five star regardless of. Um, yeah, just happy quality. to have one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Um, but they're not happy to have Christian College. Um, <laughs> which brings me to my next question. All right, you ready? Prepare yourself. Name. The only disc golf podcast in Australia. <laughs> According to who? Oh, I love According that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be referring to um, the uh, the press release that the Tee-Off put out, mentioning how they were the only <laughs> podcast in Australia. <laughs> Oh, nice. That's good by you. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We we, we talk footy, so. <laughs> really? Nice. That's it. Alan, did you bring questions Oh, as very well? nice. Uh, yes. Uh, I'll go with one that I had prepared earlier. So, which so, – which Australian player has the uh, lowest PDJ number who is still active, like who still has an active PDJ account? Oh, I looked this up because this was going to be on my li- list of questions. <laughs> I know, I, 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 I know uh, the number is. No, no, no. no, no. He is close. <laughs> He's close, but it's not him. Um, it's like number 2,000, oh, isn't it? It is number 2,000, PDJ number 2,000. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember his name. Well before Paul Arden's time, before Tim Marchbank. No good? Nah. Uh, it's a man by the name of Mark Powers. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and it if you had have yeah. come to the SA Open this year, you would have uh, met him and played with him because he's still out swinging discs. Mm. Yeah, PDJ number 2000. There you go. Sick. Cool. All right, well, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing your story, Jacob, and coming with a little bit of trivia for us. Um, we'll catch you on Saturday. Sounds good. Can't wait. That was a nice little catch-up with Jacob we had there. And um, I think we want to be doing a bit more of that sort of stuff. You you mentioned uh, earlier to me that we are the – what would you call us? Uh, podcast of the people for the people. I like it. We're the podcast of the people for the people. So we need to get more people involved, I think. So if you have uh, any of the trivia questions for us, or any other questions, a topic that you'd like to talk about, like Narada had, uh, or if you've got a segment of your own, if you want to take up a segment in the potty, bang, let us know, and uh, we'll make it happen, either over the phone with Jacob or in person with Narada. Uh, we want you on the pod. We do. But this, this uh, pod, just give us a reason. This potty doesn't exist without you, so get involved. No, Exactly. Um, so it's time for the player rater. Yes. Should we just do Jacob seeing as that we just had a chat with him? Seems fitting. Beautiful. All right. What are our five main categories? 
four main categories are. Even, even four. Driving, putting, mental game, and card vibes. Nice. And what's the, the special category we got just for our good friend, Jacob? All right. So we, we toss and turn and, you know, our passionate listeners will know this would go either way and we didn't know which way to go with Jacob in the end. But um, at um, we've landed on his ability to putt with putters. Oh, what a softball one. That's oh, that's going to be so easy for him. Everyone putts with putters. Exactly. So surely he does well there. Yeah. All right. Well. Not sure how we landed on that, but that's all right. Um, what have you got, Jacob, with uh, driving? Driving, I've gone with. Um, I've gone with three point five. I respect a man who can throw light frisbees, crazy understable frisbees, and just maximise what they're capable of. Um, outside of that, he's pretty much full jank with any other drive that he does. So that's why it's not in the four range. But um, I've gone with a solid 3.5. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he gets himself into enough trouble to be uh, any three or lower. Um, yeah, three and a half, good for me. Forehand's decent enough. Gets the job done. He's got a good like 60 meter forehand drive. That's all you really need. He doesn't get into the fours for you? No, nah, I don't think so. Not, not, yeah, not enough for, uh, yeah, not enough distance on the forehand and I don't know. You just can't be throwing mambas and get a four. Yeah, there you go. All right. It's just that's a flat rule that we have, I think, now. Yeah, good rule. All right, what about putting? Oof, putting, 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 putting. Uh, it's, I couldn't, couldn't possibly put him higher than a two. Uh, not good at putting. Like, every time that he has, like, a... A decent tournament, it's because he's thrown extremely well and missed five putts from within five meters. Uh, it's crazy. So, nah, two for me. Yep, we're eye to eye on that. I also had him as two. The fact that, you know, I rock up, play with him, you know, once a month, maybe more, and then he tells me who he's modeling his putt on, and it's different every single time, <laughs> and it looks nothing like the person he's trying to model it on. Um, <laughs> it's a two, it's a two at best. Nah, exactly. Um, what do you got for mental game? Well, that segues nicely for me into mental game. Uh, I, for that as well, I've gone 2.5. You can't be thinking that you can copy other people's disc golf style because you're not confident in your own game. 2.5. Yep, I uh, I agree with you. It, it's, he, gets, uh, he gets real animated. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, and if he gets like two pars in a row on holes that maybe you should have birdied one of them, he's like, I am in meltdown mode. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going lower because I, I don't think it seems to actually affect him really. Um, like it's not like he does that and then he full shits the bed, but he just, he doesn't, yeah, he can't stay even keeled. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I've got a, a, a two and a half. Boom, boom, eye to eye. Card but um, for that exact same reason, for the reason that he gets very emoted and loses his shit if he gets two pars when he should have got a birdie, um, the way he bends his knees all weird, weird and puts his arms out wide when he hits an actual putt, uh, <laughs> uh, five for, for card vibes. He's funny as, so good. Never brings me down, always just makes me laugh. Even when he's down, yeah, no, nah, he would never bring down these cut mates. He's easily a five. Um, thought about rolling with a five point five. He's just you can't have <laughs> a bad time playing with Jacob. He's just such fun to play with. He's definitely a five. Nah, sounds great. Yeah. So what's his subtotal? All right, subtotal is six plus five is eleven plus two is thirteen. He's up. He's Ooh. thirteen. He's right there with Matty Paz. Yeah, on the bottom of the list. Yeah. Um, all right, so ability to putt with a putter, what do you got? All right, so, um, I've you know, we all putt with putters, like, what else are you going to putt with? You're surely not going to putt with a fucking firebird. Um, and so the fact that he does and he stands by it, oh my god, um, but I have seen him occasionally pull out a putter, I've given him a one. <laughs> it's generous. 
That's very generous. I uh, yeah, I was gonna go with the zero, but all right, zero point five it is. <laughs> yeah, he just I don't know. He doesn't do it. He just doesn't do it. He's got a inside ten firebird and an outside ten firebird. True, does roll with that. <laughs> so nah, he's getting nothing from me. All right, hey, that that we split that. He gets thirteen point five. Keeps him off the bottom of the leaderboard. <laughs> Um, matches him with Peter All Smiles Barry, um, and puts him just below Pat the retired Utri. Oh, he'll hate that. I like that. I like how much he'll hate that. <laughs> nice. All right, let's. Uh, it's been a long pod. It has. Uh, good pod though. Oh, but great. let's. Uh, good energy. <laughs> let's wrap it up with some uh, spotlight, not light. All right, go shoot from the hip if you got some. Shoot from the hip. Yeah. I. Uh, I can't go any further. I've got to go straight into a not light because I've been thinking about it ever since we were talking about it earlier. Um, Ryan Deere, James Honeyman, losing that alt shot doubles. I just, I'm not here for it. I think it was terrible. I I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to put the other boys down. They're both good disc golfers, but yeah, that's, that's a big loss, I think. And um, I can't, yeah, I can't abide by that that's a not light for me uh, fair enough fair enough um my not light um we you know picked on jacob last week for being second last on handicap and i'm eyeing off second last on handicap again i have to um go after your dad here alan uh, jeff brunston <laughs> um, jeff brunston gets my not light um he just did not get it done at ruffy on the weekend no, I, I love how you're last on handicap and he's second. <laughs> <laughs> he's second, but he gets a not like. Um, this is actually very funny uh, because, uh, yeah, I agree. He deserves the not like. That's, that's not bringing it. That's not bringing it. But he is also my spotlight. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> because there were two rounds played on that day. And, um, yeah, I'd mentioned I had a, a good pump up for, uh, for Jono and, uh, I told my old man how he's got him, his hands full with this kid. Cause, uh, I said, I think we found ourselves a little player, a little sneaky weapon on our team and just, he couldn't get it done. The old man took care of him. He had a big putt on, um, his final hole, I think, and cut, cut his arm open. He was in the bushes or something. Um, yeah, got got the W, um, and I think in a in a mismatch. So well done, Jeff. Way to bounce back. Nice work, nice work. Um, all right, I've got an honourable mention for my spotlight. It goes to Narada. Um, he was the only eagle um, on the big long uphill hole, hole fourteen. Um, so that's huge. That was playing. Um, obviously, it always plays really long. I've never eagled either of them. So they both play really long for me, but to be the only eagle on the long one, uh, Narada has to be my honourable mention. Um, now nah, that's a good spot by you. Yeah, but my actual spotlight is Stat Pendo, um, just coming through with the goods. I really do appreciate the stats that he's tracking for us for Street League, and also at the same time on a cane shooting minus eight um, at Ruffy. Um, I'm here for him. And I know we shout him out a lot, but he deserves it. Pen. Yeah. And he demolished the uh, the matchup for Street League. Yeah. So, yeah, very good weekend by Pen. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll wrap this up for another day. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, cheers, Alan. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>